count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. It's time for another episode of the Wooth and Why Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. I am Josh Y, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Josh Woot. What's going on, buddy? And week seven in the books. We're nearly halfway. Nearly halfway. We're nearly Can you there. Believe this already? I know it's crazy how quick uh, the season is going. It's it's uh, pretty unbelievable. Week the seven. Are still the Browns. Yeah, week week seven wasn't the best as uh, as opposed to week six. I think week six was truly an amazing week, but I guess it was a return to status quo or whatever that is, whatever the hell that is this year. But you know, twelve of the fourteen favorites won. We still got four left in our eliminated challenge as well. So. Um, people hung on there. Um, I think we only had five left a week ago, so one's bowed out. But, yeah, we're nearly halfway. Crazy. We'll have to do all our awards and, and all that sort of stuff next week. Have you checked your bold predictions? I think I have about five that look really good. Oh, and wow. a couple that go other way. Yeah, wow. I uh, unfortunately didn't have – well, I, I'm not a sicko, but, you know, two all-pro left tackles getting uh, season-ending injuries in Week 7. That kind of was a – you know, it was a bad week, but that was sort of a kick in the balls as well, uh, losing Joe Thomas and uh, Jason Peters that way. Yeah, I had uh, I had uh, Brock Osweiler to start a game. Who thought? Mm, uh, we haven't haven't had that yet, but you know. No, I know. I'm just saying that is still still I in play. On the card. It's in game. Pardon? It's in game. It's in play. Yeah. Uh, what was your uh, favorite thing from week seven? Um, you can't go past uh, just the the Carson Wentz show, can you? For me, for me anyway. Obviously, a bit of what a, a shock pick, but uh, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, for me, I think it was Marsh the whole Marshall and Lynch experience on Thursday night football. Obviously, getting ejected and touching a ref is no good, but um, then sneaking back into the stadium and watching the game amongst the crowd, and then catching the train home um, and starting some anti-chief chants. Um, on a public train, um, I just thought that was unbelievable theatre. Yeah, no, like he's he's great for the NFL when it's for entertainment value and things like that. But you know, obviously the referee, yeah, uh, touching isn't warranted. But you know, you, you <laughs> the good comes the bad. So with Marshall and everything that's, you know, it, it goes both ways though. Just when you think he's, you know, he's a He's, uh, he's doing something that's detrimental to the league and his own status and everything like that. He'll do something good and just you know turn your opinion of him around once again. Yep. Um, I've got a question for you before we uh, move on and, and, and get into everything that happened in Week 7 and, and some news and, and look ahead to Week 8, but do you have any known enemies? Um, known enemies? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't really... I, 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 I'm the same boat. I don't think I have any known enemies, but for some reason, Emma is convinced that someone is poisoning a tree in our garden because it's the only one that's dying out of our entire front yard, and she's convinced that someone is poisoning our tree. And I think it's something for your conspiracy club as well, Woot, and that's why I'm talking to you about it now. 
but she is, yeah. we don't have any known enemies or any reason why anyone would want to, and it's just like the tiniest, not the tiniest, but it's like, it's not even the most obvious tree that you would poison on our yard or anything. Like it's not blocking parking or view. It's like a, it's like a shrub on the side. Like it, it doesn't even make sense that she would think that. And that's, I don't know. It's very, very conspiracy theorist of her to, to think that. And I, and it's also very strange. Is there, all right, so this is, what, do you say this is a shrub? Yeah, it's like a, you know my front yard, but it's like a, it's like a, along the, sort of the inside of our retaining wall, so it's on the inside of our front fence, and then it's, it's along the, along the line there, it's just like a normal, on the other side, the, the corresponding tree that's broken up by the path, that's alive, but on the other side, it is, it is dead, and she, she thinks someone's poisoning it, it, like, we don't have any quiffs with our neighbours or anything like that, but she's, like, you know, foil on her head thinking someone is poisoning our front yard. And I think it, I think it's very funny, and I'd maybe maybe discuss it with her when you're over here next for, for the conspiracy. There's club. all kinds of reasons. There can be, you know, it's, it's not even necessarily anyone else. You could have just poured something there once I, upon I a time. Exactly, yeah. Or there could be something underground that's leaking, that's killing it, or whatever. I've explained this, but yeah. No, but yeah, someone's definitely just pouring something over your... <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just borderline insanity. Uh, all right, you're out on the road this week, so uh, here is some round reviews I prepared earlier. Week 7, Kansas City Chiefs at Oakland Raiders, starring Amari Cooper, Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, Tyreek Hill, oh, and Marshawn Lynch and Marcus Peters. There is a 30% chance this game might still be going. It was like one of those R.L. Stein choose-your-own-adventure books that had 12 different endings. Anyway, so it looked like the Raiders won on a Jared Cook touchdown, but then they didn't. Then they won again on a Crabtree touchdown, but then they didn't. Then it looked like the Chiefs won twice, but then they didn't. And then finally, the Raiders actually won on a Crabtree crab tree touchdown. They haven't even mentioned the Khalil Mack manhandling Eric Fisher with one arm, Tariq the Freak's long-ass touchdown, and Marshall Lynch being ejected for going stone-cold Steve Austin on a referee. I need a cigarette. What a game. Rewatchability score, 91%. Oakland Raiders win 31-30. Game of the year. Baltimore Ravens at Minnesota Vikings, starring Linville Joseph, Mike Remmers, Latavius Murray, and Brandon Carr. You know what is exciting? Touchdowns. You know what isn't exciting? Game starting with a handful of punts and six straight field goals. The worst part about this entire godforsaken game is that we didn't even get to see Joe Flacco extend his terrifically terrible interception streak. Evers won. Griffin was the one highlight in this one. Ravens lose 16-24. Rewatchability score 31%. New Orleans Saints at Green Bay Packers, starring Marshawn Lattimore, Mark Ingram, Ted Ginn, and Aaron Jones. While all eyes were on another Brett in Green Bay, it was a new Aaron that found early success as Aaron Jones broke out some long yardage runs. Brett Hunley ran into a Marcus Ladderwall through the air, only managing 87 yards. Drew Brees got off to a slow start, but drunk some Ted Gin and Tonic at the quarter break to lead them on some scoring drives before leaping it in for his own to seal the victory. Saints win 26-17.
Rewatchability score, 42%. New York Jets at Miami Dolphins. Starring Cameron Wake, Jarvis Landry, Matt Moore, and Matt Forte. Ah, Bobby McCain, you've done it again. For the second straight week, the Dolphins rally with real purpose. Get it? Purpose? To seal the W. We secretly wish the Miami Dolphins gave up this lead so we could make a sick blow reference. But after their O-line coach got caught, uh, never mind. But the 4-2 and two Dolphins have become the comeback specialists. All those fans screaming for Matt Moore a fortnight ago finally got what they were wishing for. Smoking Jay is now smoked. Dolphins win 31-28. Rewatchability score, 55%. Carolina Panthers at Chicago Bears. Starring Eddie Jackson, Danny Trevathan, John Fox, K1 Short. The Bears won a game in the National Football League by double digits with their quarterback completing four of seven passes, the team picking up just five first downs, and them gaining 153 net yards. This was a living, breathing John Fox wet dream. So who scored the points? Eddie Jackson. We're not sorry, Miss Jackson. Eddie's for real. Bears win 17-3. Rewatchability score 37%. Arizona Cardinals at Los Angeles Rams. Starring Todd Gurley, Mark Barron, Aaron Donald, and Cooper Cup. They call Adrian Peterson all day, but it was a very long day in Twickenham for AP. The running back averaged 1.9 yards per carry, which is still 1.9 more points than the Palmerless Cardinals were able to produce. It's a somber note for the Palmer era to end in Arizona. Go gently into the night, sweet Carson. Cardinals lose 33-0. Rewatchability score 29%. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Buffalo Bills. uh, Starring Deontay Thompson, Chatavis White, OJ Howard, and Levante David. Stephen Houshmoney Houshka kicked the Bills to glory as Adam Humphreys B. Bear spilled his lollies late. O.J. Howard gave Buffalo fans mixed feelings on his two-touchdown performance. As it didn't... You know, it was mixed feelings. Because it didn't quite end well for the last O.J. To, who made plays in Buffalo. Am I right? Buffalo win 30-27. to Rewatchability score, 53%. Jacksonville Jaguars at Indianapolis Colts. Starring T.J. Yeldon, Mercedes Lewis, Telvin Smith, and Jalen Ramsey. The Saxonville Jaguars really love eating some brisket, yeah. They slice and dice 10 pieces of Jacoby Brissett in the shutout feast. Chuck Pagano continues to make the wrong decision at every possible point as the axe continues to chop closer and closer and closer towards him. Jaguars win 27-0. Rewatchability score 21%. Tennessee Titans at Cleveland Browns starring Kevin Bayard, Avery Williamson, Ryan Suckup, Zane Gonzalez. I just realized I missed a really good bird reference there with Bayard and Avery. Anyway, overall, Week 7 was not a great week for entertaining NFL, and this was evident by sending this debacle of a game to overtime because fans are really crying out for more of this mess. Kevin Nelly Furtado's like a bird. Three interceptions was the lone highlight. We initially gave this 19%, 1% for every point scored in this game, but it took Joe Thomas away from us. Titans win 12-9, 9% rewatchability, worst game of the year. Dallas Cowboys at San Francisco 49ers, starring Ezekiel Elliott, Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith, and Jonathan Cooper. Ezekiel Elliott stiff-armed his legal dramas aside as he laid down the law for 219 scrimmage yards at the Brett Favre Dream Stadium. Speaking of the law, Demarcus D. Law Lawrence and Michael uh, David Michael Irving produced some of their own magic as C.J. Beathard was, was, well, you know, beat hard. 
Cowboys win 40-10. to 36% rewatchability score. Cincinnati Bengals at Pittsburgh Steelers, starring Sean Davis, Joe Hayden, Ryan Shazier, and William Jackson III. The Steelers are making sweet, sweet music as their offense, Juju Smith-Schuster, on that beat. The vintage Le'Veon Bell performance. It's fitting that the Iron Hayden has found career form as part of the new steel curtain. Andy Dalton throwing it out of bounds on the fourth and three is the most Andy Dalton thing of all time. Steelers win 29-14, rewatchability score 43%. Seattle Seahawks at New York Giants, starring Doug Baldwin, Bobby Wagner, Jerron Reed, and Evan Ingram. The Seahawks, fittingly while in New York, did their best Plaxico Burris impersonation in the first half, shooting themselves in the foot multiple times. They found themselves down after Eli rallied for an epic 17-yard touchdown drive. Really wish my sarcasm would read through the mic here. The second half belonged to Danger Russ, though, as he capped it off with a Fail Mary-like touchdown to Paul, Richardson, and Wrench. I feel like only Australians will get that last line. Anyway, Seahawks win 24-7. Rewatchability score 39%. Denver Broncos at Los Angeles Chargers, starring Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Casey Haywood, Philip Rivers. Melvin Ingram sending Trevor Simeon into cyberspace with a, dev- with a devastating sack was a microcosm of this game as the Chargers completely shut out the Broncos. So much else to say about this game, really. The Chargers game's the most fun when Rivers is down 7 with a minute 7 on the clock. Chargers win 21-0, rewatchability score 40%. Atlanta Falcons at New England Patriots, starring David Andrews, Marcus Cannon, Dion Lewis, and Malcolm Butler. The Falcons' offense continues to be sark raving bad, while the Patriots' offensive line and defensive line issues evaporated with their interstellar play forming a thick white fog, or did it? Still waiting for the incriminating evidence of Ernie Adams or Bill Belichick holding up a fog machine. Hashtag Foggate, anyone? Patriots win 23-7, rewatchability score 47%. Washington Redskins at Philadelphia Eagles. Starring Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Brennan Game, and Jordan Reed. This game is as good as it went from the second-year Dakota Tough quarterback. Carson Wentz literally performed magic on the field by teleporting out of a certain sack from various Redskins defenders and re-emerging down the field for a 17-yard gain. The young Merlin wasn't done yet, delivering a long touchdown bomb that traveled 62.3 yards in the air to the return of the Mac Hollands. Jordan Reed shows incredible range of skill, but it wasn't enough as the Eagles inflicted a world of Ertz on the R-words. Eagles win 34-24. Rewatchability score, 73%. Talking tidbits. For the second straight week, Martavis Bryant headlines our uh, seg- segment here. He'll, uh, he'll be inactive for the Sunday night football game versus the Lions and was actually demoted to the scout team offense at Wednesday's practice this week. It's pretty much a punishment for Bryant failing to show up for the mandatory team meetings on Monday and then voicing his frustrations with his role to the national media and saying that he wants out of town. Um, Bryant said the reason Tomlin gave him was social media after he lashed out on Instagram following their Week 7 win, saying he was better than Juju Smith-Schuster and calling the Steelers to grant his wish and trade him. Thoughts on this entire saga? Uh, it's it's a shame. It really is a shame because you know this this offense with him, um, you know, firing. We we know what it can be, but 
I'm really I, like I'm not a big fan of Brian at the moment. Um, yeah, just the whole attitude, throwing your own teammates under the bus, that kind of thing. It just doesn't bode well. And like he's a like he seems like a cancer to this team at the moment. And mm. like it's it's uh, it's not good, especially considering that this you know this offense and this team as a whole look to be getting on a roll now. Yep. And like this is not the kind of time that you want to be pissing everyone off. Because you're going to be like you could possibly make a run at the Super Bowl, and you're not gonna you're not gonna play a part in it. Yeah, it's insane. Look, I know he's I know he's frustrated with his role, and obviously Big Ben isn't throwing deep as much as he has in previous years, and not as accurately as he has. So that's obviously hurt his game, and, and Juju sort of fits that offense a little bit better. But carrying on like this isn't is not going to get you traded because no one want to trade for you because you're carrying on that way. So yeah, and no one will be willing to pay big money when he's off his rookie contract. Yeah, so he needs to. Yeah, I'm sure his agent will speak to him this week and and try and get in his in his ear because the trade window closes. So either something will happen, and probably be two hours after we finish recording this, true to our fashion. But um, it looks like he'll remain a stealer, and we'll wait and see how that one actually pans out. But speaking of Juju Smith-Schuster, so while Martavis is trending downwards, Juju on the up. Um, so he had his bike stolen on Tuesday and obviously was upset about it um, because that's his only mode of transportation. He doesn't have his license or anything like that. Um, and then today, uh, television station KDKA reported that uh, his Black Ghost brand bike was given to police um, on Tuesday. A man contacted the station late on Tuesday night to say he'd purchased the bike on the street earlier in that day for, for 200 bucks. Um, and then he saw after he purchased it, he saw the story on the news and uh, took it straight to police. So I think he's going to get some free tickets from Antonio Brown as part of that reward. But the funniest nice. funniest part about this whole story is it became like a national thing because of his antics on Twitter, and it involved him shutting down former adult film star Mia Khalifa. It was amazing. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know how it evolved to that point. But uh, back to your early point about just Juju Schmitz-Schuster in general, the guy, like, that's the kind of name that, you know, people just want to say. Yeah. <laughs> they want like, they want a player with that kind of name to be successful. It doesn't matter, yeah. you know, what position you play. They want that to be, you know, people want to say, oh, yeah, you know, Juju won <laughs> the game again. It's just, <laughs> it's great. But... I don't know. How much do you believe that this guy actually purchased his bike on the street? Yeah, I'm a little bit skeptical about the whole thing. But then, yeah, <laughs> people are saying that he bought it off a, a guy called Bratavius Myrant. <laughs> Martavius Bryan in a hat and some glasses or a fake mustache. <laughs> nice. Um, but, yeah, I just can't get over the gift someone made. Um, they put uh, my, uh, Juju's face on Antonio Brown and Mia Khalifa's face on... Um, the Browns punter that he uh, stomped in the face last year. Um, I've watched it probably a hundred times. It's just, it's, it's just too funny. Anyway, um, is that is definitely a tidbit for uh, for week seven uh, today? Jaguars signed Telvin Smith to a four-year, fifty million dollar extension through twenty twenty-one. Uh, we don't need to spend too much time on this. He was an absolute steal in the fifth round in twenty fourteen draft. He's one of the most athletic linebackers in. Football has just been unbelievable. He's absolutely worth every single cent of that money, and kudos to him for cashing in um, and getting that money for from being a fifth-round linebacker. You don't see too many sort of rags-to-riches story like that. 
Yeah, and like he's the kind of player that you just you can just tell works hard and yep. you know just keeps his head down and it's good. It's good that players get recognised that aren't in the the news for anything but playing good football. Yep. Uh, Seahawks signed defensive end Dwight Freeney, formerly of the Falcons. He's at 37 years age. He stayed in shape apparently and has played well enough, you know, as a rotational passer in different, uh, you know, uh, defenses over the previous few years. So Seattle obviously lost Cliff Averill to a career-threatening injury, which is low-key slid under the radar, um, which is is unfortunate because he was a defensive player of the year candidate, one of the probably top six or seven, but still a candidate anyway last year. He played really, really well. But um, it'd be interesting to see how they use Freeney on you know passing down situations. They obviously have Frank Clark and and Michael Bennett, but I want to see how Freeney goes with you know with these uh, Seahawks. I'm not really too concerned, to be honest. No? I don't know. Dwight Freeney has one move, and I don't know how fast a 37-year-old spin is going to actually That's why be, I'm keen so. to watch it. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait and see. I I have stopped doubting Dwight Freeney. He's one of those players that I won't doubt until he, he calls it curtains himself. All right. Three-point stance. Three-point stance this week. Let's go number one here. Obviously, this is the Wooten Wire Show. Philly and Indy are our teams. But our franchises, buddy, couldn't be trending in more opposite directions. Obviously, the Eagles are flying. Fly, Eagles, fly. And the Colts, uh, for the shoe, uh, dwell- dwelling on the ground uh, appropriately where shoes are found. Brilliant. I didn't and write so that. I made that up on the fly. That is was that like a wrap. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with your Eagles? You want to want to dissect all their success, or do we want to wallow in the filth that is my Colts? No, let yeah, let's get rid of the bad news, like the bad the yeah. bad stuff first, and build up to okay the cool stuff. All right, hit me. What what do you want to know? Sunday was ultra depressing. Malik Hooker, my son, gets injured. Chuck Pagano fails at a terrible non-challenge that could have changed the whole momentum from the opening series of this game and then just continue to stink up the joint and then talk absolute crap in the post-match press conference again and it was just a depressing day as a Colts fan. Keep chopping. Keep chopping. Oh, boy. No, I don't... It, it must... You know what, though, right? I get, I get that Pagano is not a good coach. I get that. But it must suck as well being the coach of this team. It just... It's it's not all on him. I I, I get that. I, I know, I, yeah, I but it. It, it must suck as well being like trying to just yeah. make something of this team. Yeah. Saying that, like you know, like, like trying to coach it. Like imagine, like McCarthy right now. It, it's just, you know, it's just not the same without Aaron Rodgers. It's just not fair. Like Pagano, I feels never had a healthy Andrew Luck, and when he does, the O line is just as horrible. So yeah, it's just but he's a he's a defensive coordinator and 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 a lot of the players that they've drafted have been on Ryan Grigson but there's been a few defensive players that we've taken early that Pagano has highlighted and he's been unable to coach or scheme adequately or appropriately fill in the inside linebacker role he's a defensive coach and our defense has never been worse than it is in our like in ages under Chuck Pagano, and it's it's constantly bad. And I feel like the O line's been fine this year. I know we got sacked ten times over against the Jags this week, but I went back and watched that, and a lot of that was Brissett holding the ball too long and not throwing it away, 
or the receivers just can't getting open against these Jacksonville, you know, secondary, which we know that's the reason why Jacksonville are racking up sacks is because the coverage sacks are just Boye and, and Jalen Ramsey are just amazing. But anyway, like he's just like, we've never gotten better as a defense. Like we've never progressed. Like we haven't had players develop enough to, to be anything. And I feel like that's on him and, and he's just, he's just limited as a coach. Mate, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I agree. I, I just think, I, like, I, I don't think he's the answer, and I think he should go. I'm not defending him. No. Um, but, you know, like, I'm just saying the whole organization from top to bottom just needs complete reshuffle. I think they just need a new direction, everything. I, 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 I disagree in terms of everything, because I think Chris Ballard's done a hell of a job with... No, but, like, that was the start of it last yeah, year. I'm yeah. not saying, I'm oh, you mean a, a continuation of that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree. And I feel like people are quick to forget how good Andrew Luck is because he's – this defense, he, he carried that last year. Like, he he, feel, he plugged a lot of holes and made up for a lot of holes. And we'll, we'll get into your Eagles in a minute. And, a, and part of the reason why Carson Wentz wasn't that great last year is because his surroundings – weren't as good as they are this year. It's no coincidence that he's playing better because he's getting adequate protection now and he's he's got a lot more weapons in terms of Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar growing hands and things like that. But I think there's a correlation there between the two that, you know, a quarterback can only do so much. And I think Luck has plugged a lot of holes and has kept Pagano in, in a job um, probably since his rookie year. So uh, it, yeah, it's just a mess. And it's, it's and then losing Malik Hooker, like, Watching him and, and Quincy Wilson and, and some of these rookies play was sort of the one shining light. Um, watching Ballard's draft picks, but then even then, Pagano doesn't make Quincy Wilson active at all for no reason whatsoever. Despite him being one of our best three corners, I it just yeah, it's baffling. Anyway, uh, <laughs> e- Eagles baby Carson Wentz is looking like an MVP candidate. He's actually the favorite for the MVP award at Sportsbook in. In Vegas, he's second favorite with Bavada and, and Bet Online, but he's an MVP candidate. He threw a ball 63 yards in the air on Monday night, hitting Mac Hollins. That was unbelievable. I I think the MVP favorite thing is going a little bit too far. Yeah, well, I mean, I, still, I don't make I the odds. Think... I'm just saying they're the no, odds I mean, in Vegas. <laughs> as Tom Brady is, has far outperformed. Carson Wentz, but everyone loves a new a new face. Um, Correct, and especially in prime time and young, and you know, like yep. Wentz is a good story. Like he's that happy face that everyone yeah. likes. Like, if, but and even if I was, and, you know, if even if I was voting today, even I would still be voting for Tom Brady as the MVP at this point. Yeah, and like I don't know how how much of everyone else would, but yep, yeah, yeah, he is definitely lovable. The, the redhead and and. The North Dakota small town, eh, Fargo, you know, um, thing is definitely really cool. And then that Tom Rinaldi story um, involve, involving Dutch the Destroyer um, before the game, like, what's not to love? It's um, I've done a complete 180 the last sort of two and a half weeks. I've been really impressed, especially last week. Like, he missed on some throws last week, but he delivered some, some amazing throws, and then he continued that, that momentum in this game. Yeah, it's not so much... Like, there are those players that, you know, are just overthrown or, you know, they're just yep. not a good... It's not just... It's just not accurate. But it's... I personally like when he... All right. 
I, I don't like when he gets hit, but when he when he does get smashed or sacked or whatever like that, the very next play, he doesn't he you know he doesn't shy away from just making mm. the exact same play that he was going to try and make the play before him. Yep. It's it's never like that. He just his eyes are downfield, and I I really 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 like that. And I just it's not even so much about his actual play on the field. You can tell everyone's already bought into him being the leader of the entire franchise. Yep. And it's only been a season and a half. Like he was already going that way last season. This season, he, everyone is buying into him yep. as just being this natural born leader. It's great. Yeah. And the part of the, that you mentioned in terms of, you know, repeating the, what he was going to do the play before is where I see the Andrew Luck comparisons. Cause Andrew Luck does that type of stuff too. Like he'll, He'll overthrow a player, but then he'll he'll jump back up or after a hit and and do the same play and execute it the following play. And I think that's where I like the luck comparisons between the two. In terms of last year, look, he was bad last year. I don't think that's in doubt. Like if you look at the numbers and everything, he was not an efficient passer last year. But I think the gap between year one and year two is crucial in terms of a quarterback. And he's obviously made that leap. And so is Jared Goff. I think Carson Wentz is obviously taken a bigger leap in terms of getting into that upper echelon of quarterbacks. But um, I think both of those teams, it's kind of proved the franchises like it was worth the gamble. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think the, I think Carson, um, I know there was a lot of talk about his mechanics and things like that. And I don't know how much of it was his mechanics and how much of it is just, you know, um, mental. Yeah. Mental and having Lane Johnson, for a longer period of time yep. and, and things like that. I, I do want to, um, I'm still very, very hesitant about jumping completely, you know, yep. throwing all my eggs in this, um, this Philadelphia basket at the moment. I know that there's injuries and there's also, um, like we spoke, everyone, everyone was on the Eagles bandwagon to start last season. And they thought this team is on fire and then it just fell apart. So, yeah, we, we haven't hit the halfway mark yet, so it's still got a temper expectation. That's, that's right. And the Chiefs were hot, and they've they've lost now two on a trot. So it's it's you've just got to yeah be realistic about it. But what I do love about the the Eagles, and it's not just Carson Wentz, as I mentioned earlier when talking about Andrew Luck, it's the it's the building of the roster around you. You, you guys are killing it in terms of stopping the run, in terms of limiting teams' rushing yards, and and then up front as well. You were the number one ranked O line. So you're giving Wentz plenty of protection and you're just built right in the trenches. And what I love as well is like, you're doing this without corners. Like you're going to get Ronald Darby back. Um, and that's going to really, really help. But then obviously on the other side, losing Jason Peters, you guys are loaded at guard sort of with chance Warmack and, and, and things like that as a depth signing, but the tackle is really weak. So it is going to be interesting to see what you do there. I think you signed Taylor Hart today. So, that's going to be a, a cause of concern on whether that can hold up. Yeah, I am. I'm, I am very, very interested to see that, and it's it's definitely going to be a, um, a good measurement of how good Wentz is and how good he was, his protection was, and how he can uh, overcome the loss of um, Peters on the left hand side. There, it will be interesting to see the reshuffle, whether or not Lane Johnson goes to the left. And because obviously it's a downgrade from Jason Peters. No one's going to say, yep. you know, someone's going to be able to step in and replace anything close to what he was doing because he was, you know, one, two in the league with uh, Joe Thomas before they both went out for the season. So yep. 
I don't know. It's it'll it. Like I said, I'm just really trying to yeah. pull back a little bit on the Philadelphia hype, but yep. I mean, it's hard. It's hard not to be sucked in. You got to when at least said, enjoy it, though. Oh, I'm loving it. Yep. But when you said built well in the trenches, I know people know how good Fletcher Cox is. I know he's still underrated. He, he's still underrated. So is Aaron right? Donald. He, Aaron Donald is still underrated. He is, but Aaron Donald, it seems like he has gotten hype. He has had hard knocks. He has had, like, people know him. Yeah. Fletcher Cox, he, he never does anything flashy. He I, just always collapses the middle of the pocket. I, I, feel, like Brandon, to... I feel like Brandon Graham is underrated too. Unbelievably underrated. Yes, he. <laughs> I agree. He doesn't. Really he do doesn't agree. get sacks, but he gets pressure constantly. constantly, constantly. And Barnett's not being mentioned very much either, and he's having a sneaky good year. Yeah, he's uh, last, especially the last two weeks, he's come on quite well. So yeah, I definitely agree. Cox and Cox and Graham are just yeah, unbelievably underrated. Like I would take them in a heartbeat. Like talking about defense, like those two players right there, that would help the Colts' defense transform immensely. It's Oh, oh, well. You can't have him. No, I know. Um, all right. Well, we talked about Carson Wentz, so let's move to the second topic of conversation. And this is one that uh, when we had our uh, pre-pod meeting, when I say meeting, we, we talk on WhatsApp, um, is <laughs> like three-point stance. Like, what are we? what's our three this week? Like, what do we want? And the first thing you shot back instantly was like, which quarterback do you want to build a franchise around? And I know it's because <laughs> you want to talk some more Wentz, baby, but... I've listed sort of young quarterbacks. Obviously, if we'll, if you need a season, you're picking Rodgers or you're picking Brady, right? But in terms of building a franchise around right now, we've got a plethora of young quarterbacks. So you've got Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, and and to a lesser extent, Cam Newton, who's still quite young. But there's a there's a lot there. In a vacuum, it's really hard to pick a... a, a one without, you know, perceived bias. Obviously, Andrew Luck, you know, I'm a Colts fan. You're Eagles fan, Carson Wentz. And the surrounding talent, like last year you saw Prescott with the amount of help that he had flourish in a great offense. And I still think he's been pretty good this year. Um, but, you know, Cam Newton's won an MVP and just two weeks ago had one of his best ever games against the Pats in Foxborough and won. But then he's been so inconsistent in the last two weeks. So, like, it's hard to really pick right now for me, like, who I'd want to build around right now if I had to pick one. It's so hard. I feel like right. recency bias plays a massive role in something like this. Do you know how I decide on these kind of things? Or, uh, and just, I, I just have, like, elimination criteria. And okay. this is this is me purely saying, all right, I'm, I'm a GM, and I want one of these players for, say, the next 10 years, right? All right, let's go. I rule out all mobile quarterbacks because they just don't have that kind of career. Is Russell a mobile quarterback for you? Because um, I he is, I think he's an exception because I think he can be, but I think he can honestly play both. Yeah, all right. So he's still in. So we're eliminating Cam, Mariota, and Watson. You, you're cool with that? Yep. We also as Horrible as this sounds, um, when it comes to injuries and things like that, injuries are just something that will debilitate this position, and you don't want it like investing so much in this position and then having them sit out seasons and things like that. That's a that's a massive thing you have to take into consideration. That 
actually is only leaving luck though. Okay. I mean, that's only removing luck, but I'm not ready to get rid of luck. I'm just saying that's, that's a big criteria. Then it comes down to leadership and whether or not I think these players are, you know, um, uh, when it comes to like maturity and being a role model and things like that. And like we've seen recently with Cam, yep. that's just like, no, just he, he isn't a role model. He is, he is. I, I think he can be, a, it's just streaky very much like his play. Yeah. But that's not a thing. You can't be a streaky role model. You can't be a role model sometimes. <laughs> Only when you want to be. <laughs> yeah. So, and then it's still love. Kid. There's also, there's also things about consistency, maturity, and whether or not they have can thrive in multiple environments and things like that. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not eliminating people while I'm doing this right now, but like, yep. you know, Wentz seems to fit that criteria. Prescott, we've seen a drop when the offensive line isn't that good and there is a bit of uh, adversity in the team. And, you know, like you have seen a drop when it comes to when everything's not right. So there's that. Winston, I don't trust Winston. Winston just seems a bit reckless and he hasn't been consistent. He does have that reckless streak in him. Um, definitely. Yeah, and it will win. It will win you games, but it will cost you. In the It'll big cost moments. you a couple of times. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Mariota injury and mobile, so he's out. Despite my love of him. Yeah. Um, Jared Goff's actually very similar position to Wentz. There, he he hasn't done much wrong. It shows you what an improvement. Like yeah, anyone giving, would make giving him a left tackle, like giving yeah, him... just giving him someone who can throw the ball to. Yeah, um, yeah, we've seen an improvement, and he like even during those times, he was never, he was he never shied away from trying to be a leader and trying to have that positive attitude and things like that. He never threw Fisher under the bus, yep, or anything like that. So that like all it's you know it's checking everything off for Goff, check off for Goff. Um, Terrible. Watson, big occasion. I would like, I would, I would love him to be the quarterback of one of my teams for say the next five years. Mm. But I think it, like speed catches up with people um, it's, it's, as you age. It, it is hard. Like that. It is hard with Watson and Goff to a lesser extent, and even Prescott because, like, these, it's such a small sample size of them in their current situation. Obviously, we've seen Prescott in an ideal situation last year we need to see a little bit more like he could rally the the Cowboys into the playoffs this year and you like we could be talking differently about him in six weeks same with Watson and Goff but I definitely understand where you're coming from with the process yeah if Watson takes a similar approach and uh, like to the rest of his career that Russell's doing like Russell's obviously slowed down he used to be you know rushing on every second play yep but now you know he's trying to develop himself into a quarterback he has done. I'm sorry, quarterback. He is a quarterback. Pocket uh, a, poc- a pocket quarterback. Yeah, um, and that he's slowly doing that. Um, even just despite how poor this offensive line is, he's doing a far better job than what Cam is doing. Cam yeah. just seems to be out of his element when he's trying to be doing that. And his, yeah. you know, his success in the NFL will be always playing being yeah. a mobile quarterback. So for for me, like, and this is not even on this topic, but Cam, I think. Instead of trying to change him and and make his career longer, I'd rather Cam play the way he does and get him at peak Cam, MVP Cam for five seasons rather than pocket pass a less efficient Cam for ten seasons. Right? Yeah, you might be you might be right. 
I mean, if they can build, if they can build around him and give him terrific pieces to you know throw to and have this defense firing the way it was a few seasons ago, like Super Bowl run again, like for a couple of seasons, isn't um, you yeah. know that's not out of the realm of possibility. It's a lot of it is also down to just his attitude and the way he looks on the field and stuff like that. The team, I. If I was on his team, I'd find it hard to get motivated if he was my quarterback. He ne- he does he never looks happy, and he yeah. d- he's the kind of guy that would throw other teammates under the bus. Yeah, I I, I don't want to go that far with him because we don't really we only see a certain. He amount. hates his teammates. <laughs> he hates the troops. <laughs> no, um, like I feel like we only see, we only see so much of Cam. Like it's it's hard. Like like the the press conference stuff the last few days with Cam like Bill Belichick answers questions like that every week and no one bats an eyelid and the minute Cam does it it's like a national story it was a dumb question don't ask dumb questions if you want good result like good answers ask thought provoking good questions for me that like I know I'm sound like a like I'm just massively always sticking up for Cam but I just feel like he gets a a, a bit of a rough you love I I love Cam but I I feel like he gets a rough treatment I feel like all of these quarterbacks we've mentioned where Wentz, Prescott, Winston, Mariota, Goff, Watson, Luck, Russell, Cam. Obviously, Russell's already won one, but I feel like all of these guys can win a Super Bowl. Um, and I, th- I feel like they all all could win a Super Bowl with the right environment. What, I, ab- I, what I, about Trubisky? I need to see more from him. I need to see more from Watson as well, obviously. But this is uh, just a blaringly obvi- obvious take, and it's, it applies for a lot of quarterbacks with the right environment and the right system and right team obviously they can win a deep they can win a super bowl obviously defense helps that massively we've seen plenty of average quarterbacks win super bowls with with good defenses jeff like um and all right if i if i had to pick five out of these i'd pick wentz prescott goff luck and russell uh where are, would yeah, those be your top five i think i would probably do the same so yeah luck russell Wentz, Prescott, oh, Joshy. If I'd, I'd Andrew probably... gets injured again, yep, I would not pick him as a GM. Yep, I get it. I get it. Um, I'd probably lean Goff at the moment, but Winston, I still love the. I don't know. Um, something about Rivers and Ryan and Roethlisberger, the reckless quarterback of, of a GM that loves to roll the dice and take a little bit, a little bit of a chance, sort of a. Roll at the dice, but anyway, um, I think we're in a good situation right now. I feel like a lot of these quarterbacks, it's been a we're in a sort of a changing of the guard with a lot of older quarterbacks slowing down or retiring, um, and and you know we've seen Romo go, we've seen Manning go, now Rogers is out, Brady's getting on, Roethlisberger and Eli are slowing down a little bit, but I feel like some of these guys are going to start to develop, and we'll get you know next year and the year after all of these guys. Hopefully, if they they develop the right way, we'll be in a, a golden age where there'll be some some new blood and some new elite quarterbacks um, that we can keep debating and talking about. <laughs> All right, number three, the uh, I'm calling it the rumble in the point five hundred jumble. So, uh, who do we like and dislike? You know, we're approaching the halfway mark. Uh, we're going to give it halfway awards next week, so we thought we'd do this this week. By the way, I'd like to I'd like to preface this by saying that I said let's pick the teams at five hundred. You expanded it to one to within one game of five hundred. Yeah, there's not that many teams which... that have exactly a five hundred record. How many had five hundred? Oh God, let me look it up. You expanded it to half the league. Yeah, no, this, that's what I'm saying. It's a ju- it's it's a jumble, mate. It is it is a jumble. I'm sure. I'm sure 
if there's someone out there that mathematically would know the probability of this happening, it's probably always around 16 at this point in the season because there, of the matchup. Okay, there is like there is two teams in the AFC that are exactly 0.500, the Broncos and the Texans. Nice. Okay, in the NFC, there is one, two, three, four. So not that yeah, many. I assumed it was going to be an even number. So six teams are exactly 0.500 at this point. All right, well, let's go through them, and if we go through it quickly, then we can talk about some other teams. All right, so the NFC, Cowboys and the Redskins, both 500. How do you feel about those two teams um, going forward? Uh, Well, this I do. I think the Cowboys flogging, absolute hiding of the 49ers will get them back into a bit of a rhythm. And I think that, you know, They'll just look at the the blueprint that kind of Philly drew up against the Redskins and how much success they had on the ground, and then they're just going to run the Redskins ragged. Didn't mean that to be such well, an RRR. I think, yeah, well, I think the, this game this week is kind of like, feels like a playoff game to me. Like, it's a huge momentum shift between these two teams because one can sneak into the playoffs or surge into the playoffs, and the other one's going to be too far back. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. And it's, it's not like it's really to win the division at the moment. Cause I don't know. I, I think Philly's got the division already, which yep. seems. No, no. I think you're insane. fine. Yep. But yeah, being that far out in front with, you know, undefeated division record and things like that. Yeah. They're, they're looking the goods, but I'm, I'm, I, I do like, I do like the Cowboys. I think a lot of people just kind of not wrote them off, but they're just now they're in a good position where they can fly under the radar. They don't have as much spotlight on them as yep. long as Obviously. the conversation around Zeke isn't. Yeah, well, if Zeke is suspended, that's going to change some things because I don't think their offense is going to be as good. Obviously, without him, that's a that's a hot take, right there. But <laughs> no, I feel and, like. But going back to our going back to our last point. This will be great to see how Prescott manages that kind of situation to see, you know, yeah. what he's made of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, definitely agree. But those two teams, especially with the Rams being at five and two, um, I feel like the Packers having losing Rogers opens up the window for someone to to take another playoff spot because I was expecting sort of the Vikings and the Packers possibly to make it from the north, and then you'd have an NFC East, the Rams, and an NFC South team fighting for it. But I think can pretty much give the Packers the north at this point. I know it's early or only halfway, but, um, you know, a win against the Browns, they're 6-2, and two, um, and they're still they're still doing that without a quarterback. Then you're looking at the, the NFC South, the Saints, Panthers, and then the Falcons. That's the other 3-3 three and three team. Let's talk about the Falcons. What, what do you think about them right now? They're a putrid team. It, it, it can't really be Omar Sarkeesian at this point. It, it can't be. There's more to it. Shanahan. Obviously, the lack of Shanahan and now Sarkeesian, but their defense as well. Like they got troops back and they added Dontari Poe and things like that. But they they let the the New England running backs just run riot all over them. They let the Dolphins come back. It I don't know. They seem broken. It's what it's it's the the Super Bowl hangover. People mention this, and we just think it, it sounds silly, but like a it cliche, seems like it's a right? real thing. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's a real thing. Yeah. The um, yeah, the whole comeback thing is. I think that's that must be really eating at this franchise. 
Yeah. It must have just it must have really demoralized them yeah. from, you know, at every level of this franchise. In saying that though, I feel like that match was on their calendar and has been on their calendar for the last three weeks. I feel like that's been brought up a lot. Oh, the Super Bowl rematch, the twenty eight to three, the the comeback, all that sort of stuff. And maybe that just was too much maybe that was just weighing too heavily on them. I don't know. I feel like it could be an easy fix for them offensively if they scrap a lot of Sarkeesian's stuff and just go back to last year's playbook and just implement last year's playbook and just change it up a little bit like maybe they can find some more more success on offense and, and turn things around like it's not going to surprise me if they go on a, on a three game winning streak or something like that and, and turn things around but right now given the last two weeks um the continuation of the team i, I yeah i i don't know they're 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 a real wild card because i can see them getting hot and making the playoffs and being a dangerous team. But at the same time, the Saints now have a top 15 defense. Marshawn Lattimore's killing it. They're 4-2. And, and that's all the Saints needed was a defense to be, you know, in the top 20, not, you know, bottom three of DVOA to, to be competitive. I think, I think you're now. Yeah. I think you're now. I, I, I really like what the Saints are doing. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I, that, that, that has not been, Never thought uh... I'd say that. Yeah, hasn't been my perspective of this uh, organization for a long, long time, but it's slowly starting to get things right, and it's uh, it's it started with the drafting Lattimore. It seems to be really, really good. Okay. I think I I I I know that everyone's it was really a, it was really torn between how people felt about the the uh, the Peterson signing. Yep, and I think that they thought. A lot of people thought that, you know, it was a great move, and I thought, what a waste of time! You've got yeah. two perfectly good running backs there, and things like that. But yeah, just I like it that the organization could see the mistake they made, and that it wasn't helping their organization, and just to get rid of him as any way possible. I think they would have cut him, to be honest. Yep, I think so. And yeah, just, I, I like I like the. The just the decisive moves they're making, and yeah, they're gonna have to go three and uh, three and seven over the next uh, eight weeks to go seven and nine for the fourth straight year. So look, look out on that front. Uh, the last three and three team is the Lions. Uh, I just think they're shot. I, I don't think I don't think they can do anything. Which which three and three team out of the Redskins, Lions, and Falcons do you trust more to to go on a run and, and make the playoffs? Name the teams again. The Redskins, uh, sorry, Cowboys, Redskins, Falcons, and Lions. I don't like the Cowboys to do it because they have to play Philly, yep. and I'm not sure how that's going to go. That, that's a tough matchup. I still think the Cowboys can easily win, and that could be a game that gets them back on, you know, the straight and narrow. But um, I don't know. It's yeah. it it. I, when it comes to the Washington football team, they can do. They confuse me a lot. Yep. Sometimes I, I, every time I rule Kirk Cousins out, he comes back and kills me, and he'll, he'll go on a streak of this a ridiculous amount of games. And the same thing with, uh, and the same thing with the Saints. I've ruled them out before, and we're just saying how impressed we are with them. I can see both of those two teams just surprising everyone and going on a three-game run. Yep. All right. Let's move to the AFC. I'm, I'm locking in the Falcons. Is that? Three and three team. Only two Not teams. Only two teams in the uh, AFC with a three and three record. will be brief. The Broncos at three and three. Your thoughts on them? They started off strong, but they've and we sang their praises, but sort of crashed back to earth as teams sort of figured Trevor Simeon and this offense out. 
I think I think uh, before the season began, I had them as an eight and eight team. That's still the direction I see them headed in. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think one of the I think the Chargers are a team to watch in that division, um, based off the way they've played the last couple of weeks. Uh, Dante Hightower's out for the Pats this week. Like, it's a good spot for the Chargers if they if they can pull something out of their their backsides and and pull up an upset win and and ride that way. If they can get back to four and four at the halfway point. Um, there's still Josh, a sneaky chance. Are they going to upset the Pats? No, but I'm just saying, if they can, <laughs> if they can. But anyway, um, the Texans are also 3-3 three and three, um, behind the, the Jaguars and the Titans at 4-3. and three. I don't think the Titans are good. Um, I still think their defense is awful. That was probably the worst game of the season they played against the Browns. And yeah, I and it's weird because I think, I thought the Texans were really, really bad. I, I really thought they were awful. Remember, they were like, the most overrated playoff team last year. They were like 29th in DVOA and they still made the playoffs and everything like that. But Watson is really freaking good. Oh, he's, he's terrific. And it's, it's what people, it's what the people that liked him said. And we, we mentioned it in the pre, uh, in the off season and things like that. And if, if he comes in and he's not, if he's the kind of quarterback that just soaks up the occasion and he's not like, worried about stats and things like that. And if he's just like, you know, embraces it and just wants to win and no matter what, he'll be successful straight away. And yeah. that's how he's, that's how he's going about it. You know, this, I have, a, I, I agree with your um, feelings towards the Titans yep. and I'm, tr- help me out here. Cause I, it might be just a figment of my imagination, but I really feel like there was a team that was built very similar to this, that we went into the season thinking, Look at all these pieces that they've put on offense, and it just didn't gel. Was there someone like something like that? I'm probably getting confused with the defensive dream team of Philadelphia, but it's it's yeah. it had that feeling. We, yeah, everyone did. was talking about how good this offense could be, and I look at all these pieces. They've uh, yeah. got young pieces. They've got the experience of like Decker. They've got the safety I net still, of Delaney Walker. Mariota's great. Yeah, I still think that their offense is fine. I feel like we'll get a fully functional mobile Marcus Mariota back very shortly, and the offense will be fine. It's just the defense. I, I, their secondary is so bad, and that's just telling them how bad the Browns are. They they couldn't score on this Titans secondary um, at all. Like Jacoby Brissett just went up and down the field with ease against them. Um, I can see teams exploiting that, especially the Texans. But I, I do think the Jags are are a legit team, are a legit defense. So. I, I do think the Texans will win the division. I do think the Broncos will fizzle out in terms of the two, three and three teams. Um, I think the AFC playoff picture is a little bit clearer, as opposed to the NFC. It's more of a jumble at this point. I think the NFC is going to be an all-out brawl yeah, until great. the final it's like, week. It's like a battle royale, baby. It's very cool. All right, uh, let's let's give our uh, Super Bowl picks. Super Bowl picks. Have we got the same this week? Did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this week, right? I was thinking, yes, we've been we've been uh, taking the Mickey, yes, out of uh, out of this segment for quite some time. Yep. But the whole point of this segment was that we could be right at any point during and the then season, go back. and that we could say and be like, "Hey, look what we said in week two. Yep. But going back now, we're not looking very good. What are you telling My, me? That, uh, you're telling me the Dolphins and the Cardinals are not going to play it in the Super Bowl? Yes, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, but now, now we've got to start being serious. 
We got to start being serious. Yeah. And we've got to do. You know what? You, want, you reveal it. You reveal it, buddy. See, it involves one of your teams. Spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert. All right, so we're, we're going with teams now that you know they're starting to look really hot and uh, hot in every sense of the word. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous men leading these teams. Carson Wentz, the Red Rocket. Delicious. And man. pardon? Delicious men. <laughs> and and Big Ben's team, the Pittsburgh Panthers. No. Uh, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers. They they uh, we'd we'd I, I don't want to say written them off, but they didn't look very good at all. They looked like a team that was just dysfunctional, and maybe we're all yep. um, you know we all maybe just blew smoke up their butt a little bit too much during the off season, but now they're looking good. And now they look like a legitimate threat. And you just, when you're looking at, um, you're pretty much looking at new England and Pittsburgh and that's who everyone was looking at preseason. I could see this offense easily destroying this new new England defense and just new England, not being able to put up enough points against this Steelers um, defense. Who's, you know, they're looking really good. Yeah. They're uh, the new steel curtains really good. So, Basically, we both have the Pennsylvania Bowl this week. Pittsburgh v. Philly. Um, nice. So that's that's Pittsburgh, the, Philadelphia, the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Bowl. There that's you nice. go. So uh, that is our Super Bowl pick in Week Eight. Eventually, we'll get one right, and we can say I told you so. But for now, let's look ahead to Week Eight. Three, snap. This. I don't know about you, Woot, but I'm really excited for Thursday night football tomorrow. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens, lowest total in Thursday night football history. What's not to love about this delicious matchup? Only the fact that Jay Cuddy's not playing, but everything no. else is screaming, yeah, 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 yeah. Be careful what, be careful what you wish more. Dolphins fans. Oh. Sorry, that was bad. Um, yep. Yeah, I originally had that down for the round review and I changed it, thankfully, but. Still said it. All right, uh, who are you picking? Um, I like Miami. I, yep, you did pick them yeah, on the punt I, return as your upset this week. So, yep. Yeah, I, I do. I I just like Miami, and Baltimore went like like I said on the punt return. Also, if your number one um, offensive weapon is Benjamin Watson, uh, you've got a lot to be. You're in you got a lot to think about. You're in trouble. <laughs> All right, uh, Minnesota Vikings, Cleveland Browns in London. Um, this one's pretty simple. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser is starting again for the Browns. Miles Garrett is in the concussion protocol. No Joe Thomas, Everson Griffin, and Linval Joseph just killing people. Uh, the Vikings' defense is, is one of the most sure things in the NFC outside of the Eagles. Pretty simple, right? Yeah, the Browns should just uh, wipe away with this team. Nah, Minnesota yep. by a long margin. Yep. Uh, Atlanta Falcons to the New York Jets. Now, this is a sentence I never thought I'd say. But this is actually the Jets are actually a test for the Falcons defense this week. The Jets have been able to move the ball on a lot of teams and, and put up points. They did it against Miami last week. So the the Falcons, if they want to turn their season around, this isn't an easy beat for them. This is a, a pretty challenging game. On the road. Do you know how much of me is wanting to pick up pick the upset right now? Yeah. Do it, Wood. I can't do it. Do it, Wood. I can't do it. I'm you love the, the Jets. Falcons, They're like but... your second team. I do like the Jets. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the green. Yeah, you do like green. All right, we're picking like the Jets. Teams. Green machine. No, shut up. <laughs> All 
All right, uh, both still. picking the Falcons. Uh, we're expecting something uh, of a bounce back from them after the embarrassing loss in Foggate. Uh, Carolina Panthers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is an interesting match. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is is ranked last by a lot of metrics. Very, very bad. Panthers struggling on offense to very inconsistent, but on the other side of the ball, their defense is playing well and stopping the run, so it's going to be a tough task for, for Doug Martin. I'm picking the Panthers. Who are you picking? <sighs> Oh, what was the Panthers' score last week? Uh, they lost 17-3, despite having uh, about 150 more yards than their opponent. <laughs> Fox ball, baby. Jesus. John Fox. That was a crazy game. Yeah, give me the Panthers, but I would not be surprised if the Bucks. Yep. The All Bucks right. Won, uh... You're taking the Panthers. Chicago Bears, speaking of Fox ball, travel to the... Um, Mercedes-Benz Dome to take on the hot New Orleans Saints, who are very hot right now, very Hansel hot right now. Uh, Drew Brees playing quite well, or coming back quite well from some early interceptions last week, but running the ball well with Ingram and Mark Ingram. And, yeah, Marshall Lattimore is really freaking good. I'm taking the Saints. I'm taking the Saints too. The Bears aren't at home in this one, and that's where they win. Yeah, that's <laughs> it just seems to be a magical dome place where... People just go and they just the bed there. They just make every mistake possible, and the Bears somehow get these wins. It's really, really weird. Uh, Indianapolis like Colts it. travel to Cincinnati Bengals in what will be Chuck Pagano's last game as head coach for the Colts, as AJ Green, Joe Mixon run riot all through the Colts secondary without my son Malik Cooker. Rest up, big guy. Taking the Bengals. Peace. Just Cincinnati. <laughs> okay, Los Angeles Chargers at New England Patriots. This is a sneaky good game. I'm I'm keen for this one. I'm tipping the Pats. I think their defense is, despite a lot of criticism they've copped, they're only allowing like an average of 10 points over the last three weeks to their opponents. So, you know, they're giving up yards, but they're stingy. They're hard to score points on, and I think the Chargers will uh, fall short for field goals while the Pats will uh, put up touchdowns. Yeah, I agree. I think... I think I was about to say that as well. The, the, the last three weeks, the Patriots' defense hasn't been, wasn't anything like the, the uh, the three or four weeks before that. Yep. They, uh, it's a completely different unit. Yep. So we should never doubt them. Really, no, you we? knew you you knew they were going to get it right, right? Like Always. it's Be- it's Belichick, Always. and their, their O lines chose the best time to start playing well as well because they're, they're facing Bosa and Ingram, um, so that they'll need a big game from their tackles this week. Oakland Raiders travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills, who are you know, similar team to the to the Bears, where they're a lot better at home than they are away. It's a tough, tough task to win in Buffalo in Tampa Bay. I learned the hard way. Um, I'm leaning towards Buffalo in this one, although I was encouraged at the Raiders fight back last week, although that was at home. Yep, um, I really like the Buffalo Buffalo Bills in this spot. Um, yep. Yeah, the Raiders have no running game whatsoever, and that's why the Bills. Uh, just terrific. So they're just they're going to force Oakland to just throw the ball a hundred times, yep. and I don't know if I don't know if Carr is going to be able to do it. Yeah, if if Oakland have any chance of winning this, it's like it's the extra ten days that Navarro Bowman's had with the Raiders' defense to improve, and he could play a role in shutting Lashawn McCoy down and forcing Tyrod to to make some plays. But I think Tyrod's capable of making plays, and he's been great with the lack of weapons this year. I I really like Tyrod. Um, all right. Yep. 49ers take on the Philadelphia Eagles. It would be so 2017 for the, the Eagles, the, the really hot, buzzy team that everybody loves right now, to lose at home to the 49ers this week. You could, 
I can't see a scenario of it happening, but it would be very, very uh, 2017 NFL season in the uh, the upside down world that it's been this season this year. But I'm t- I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, this might be one of those games for the 49ers where, you know, after all those weeks that it was so close, um, their games were only decided by, you know, three points or less or whatever it was like that, then getting smashed by the Cowboys. Who knows? It it could it could go back to those three points or it could be, yeah. you know, a, a successive game of just being smashed, but yeah. I'm, I'm leaning towards the latter. You just look at every metric and it just doesn't, bode well for the 49ers at any way you know their one strength is running the ball with Carlos Hyde and Eagles do that shut that shut that down so well and on the defensive side it's just hard to stop the slot and Aguilar and Ertz have just been killing it straight up there it's it's been great uh Houston Texans travel to Seattle another game that I'm, I'm really keen to watch I'm not expecting a lot of points but I'm expecting a really good matchup so every time Watson has the ball against this Seattle defense that I think's gotten a lot better the last two weeks it's starting to become the Seattle D that we know and love and, and appreciate. Um, so that's going to be the crucial matchup. If if Watson can move the ball and, and put up some points, I think Houston definitely have a chance in this game because I think Texans can still trouble Russell Wilson and his lack of protection and limit them to, to a small amount of points as well. But I think it comes down to how legit we think Watson is. I know we talked about how good he is, but this is probably the first really tough defense that he's had to face. Yeah, and like we mentioned it on our... Many other podcasts we do. This is going to be a welcome to the NFL game for the rookie yep. um, from this Seahawks defense. So we'll see. You know, he's he's always up for those occasions, like we mentioned. Uh, see how he embraces this one. But I like the Seahawks as yep. well. No, so far we're uh, the same across the board. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at Washington Redskins. Now this is one where we may differ. Um, we this... have one diff. We already have one different. Do we? Miami and Baltimore. Oh, we do too. I uh, didn't go that far. Sorry. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, Washington Redskins. When you flip, this is a flip of the coin game for me. Uh, the NFC East, outside of the Eagles, this year has been a bit of a bit of a wash. And we've talked about these two teams at length being at a playoff game, both three and three. Crucial game for the trajectory of their season. I'm leaning towards the Cowboys. I'm not confident in it. I'm keen to see. Washington's offense, Terrell Pryor, did not play a huge role at all last week. I think that's a bit of a bust of a signing. It is a bust of a signing, but they also, with that, you'd also, if you you had to pick before the season what what player you wanted to be more successful, you'd want it to be Dobson, right? You'd want it to be that rookie that you, yeah. So, of course, if if it comes down to choosing between the two and who they're going to give more opportunity, they're going to give it to Doxon, and Doxon looks like he's yeah, taking that opportunity correct. far more than um, yep. uh, Pryor is. So, you know, I I agree. It is a bus signing. I, I, to be honest, I don't see how the Redskins are going to be able to stop the run game of the Cowboys, and that's where I see the game being won. Yep. I see them both putting up similar amounts of points, but they're not going to be able to stop the, the Dallas running game, and that's just where they'll win. Yeah, Kirk Cousins seems to have his really good games against against the Cowboys. He played really well in both games last year, but at the end of the day, you're right. You're right. Like, they couldn't stop the run, and, and Zeke was the difference maker for, for these two um, teams in their games last last year. So uh, both on the Cowboys in that one, despite it being a coin flip game, I think that's a game where I'm just avoiding any sort of tips and bets, and, and I'm just going to watch it and enjoy. Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Lions. No Martavis Bryant for the Lions. Golden Tate very much questionable with his injury, so... Um, both down a receiver, obviously Tate a bigger loss for the Lions. 
Uh, I'm taking the Steelers. I really love their defense. This new Steel Curtain's playing really well. Joe Hayden's found some some really good form that shows why he was such a high draft pick. Sean Davis, your boy, playing really, really well. And Javon Hargrave, my guy, playing well up the middle too in the absence of Stefan Tuitt. Yeah. How good Sean Davis, though? Oh, my God. I know, I know, I'm not just saying him because he said he's my boy. He, he no, he's is good. He is. <laughs> that draft um, class that they defended, they, Artie Burns, Sean Davis, Javon Hargrave, like, that's a hell of a class. I know. Um, this is just, it reeks, like, I'm, I'm picking the Steelers because, you know, they're, they're trap in game, form, but this, this Lions team is that kind of team where, gritty. and st- just, and being led by Stafford, he's always that guy who's just like, bring it. And it comes to these games where you just think they don't stand a chance because of how informed the other team is. But you go into Detroit, which is just yep. a hostile environment. Yep. Every Stafford's a wild card for me. Every time I think of Matt Stafford, I think of wild card from it's always sunny in Philadelphia and Charlie hops out of the van while it's moving and just screams wild card. That's that's what that's I think it. of when I hear Matt Stafford. Um, so yeah, anything in the realm of possibility with uh, Matty Stafford. Yeah. Um, all right, last game. Uh, primetime Chiefs again. Denver Broncos at the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Chiefs off two losses. They've had 10-day break. So it's kind of like a bye. So I'm going to go Andy Reid because when he gets a little bit extra time to prepare, he's uh, normally attention to detail and on the money. Yeah, and I just think when when your back's against the wall, yep. Alex Smith isn't the kind of guy who, you know, loses it. He's just that, he is that game manager. That's what he is. And yep. they were... They were silly to lose that game last week. They really were. Yep. But, and I know it's not exactly analysis, but it's like they can't lose three games in a row, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the end of, it's the National Football League, baby. <sighs> it's the National anyway. Football League. I think that's a good place to end the show on, buddy. It's the National Football, Football League. League. See you next week yeah. on the Whoop and Why. <laughs> now, uh, enjoy week eight, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, recap the first half of the season next week uh hand out some awards and some predictions and updated um super bowl picks and afc nfc championships all all the stuff that we did in our in our uh preview show back before week one started thanks for listening to another installment of the woot and why show check out previous episodes at wootenwhy.com and on itunes and follow each of the boys on Twitter at This Is Woot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at Woot and Y.